morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hello. Am I on? I'm on here. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Welcome. We are glad you're here today, and we welcome you and uh, are looking forward to God's blessings as we worship the Lord together today. We welcome our guests, especially this morning. Uh, You are very important to us, and uh, we hope you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship the Lord together this morning. A few announcements I have uh, to call to your attention, several announcements as a matter of fact. Um, first of all, let me, uh, let me remind you of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. Um, if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Also, several things that are coming up this week, uh, beginning right after the worship service. I understand our children are going to go bowling Uh, right after the worship service, so uh, we invite you to be a part of that, and I think our youth are going to uh, eat dinner at, uh, eat lunch at uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise, so that sounds fun too, Um, and several other things that are happening this week. On Wednesday, uh, we, we will be having another one of our Lenten lunches, and this week it will be at St. Paul's Episcopal Church, and I'll be bringing the message uh, this week. And so I hope that you'll be there for that. That's always a great time. So I hope I'll invite you to come and be there for that. Also, um, uh, on Wednesday evenings, we have we are we now have a nursery worker on Wednesday evenings. And so we want to invite all of our young families to uh, to come and be a part of our Wednesday activities. Uh, we have dinner at uh, 5.45 each evening, and then at 6.30 we break up into our different uh, Bible study and, and, uh, act, and mission activities for the children. And we have uh, a nursery worker and, um, that will be there from 6.30 to 7.30, so we invite all of our young families with children to, to come and participate uh, as much as you can. Um, also, let's see here. Oh, there is a, a meeting this week, an upward meeting, and yes, I know it's coming around. It's coming around again, folks, and we need to get organized. So our upward uh, basketball and cheerleading will be up and running again, and our first meeting will be Thursday at 5.30 here at the church. And so if you're interested in working with Upward in any way, we invite you to come to that meeting so we can make some assignments and uh, uh, assign some responsibilities and get things under underway. One more announcement. I see uh, Miss Dorothy sitting back there by that table, and she's not guarding it. She's, uh, <laughs> she's there to help you because we are going to have a new church directory. Uh, it's about time to do that. It's been several years since we've had a church directory. And uh, so she's signing people up back there at that table. And uh, the, the times that we will be taking pictures is June the 15th and 16th. And so please go back there and see Miss Dorothy and sign up for a time to have your picture taken on June the 15th and 16th. And we'll look forward to our, our new church directory coming out. We're glad you're here today. And uh, we are here to worship the Lord. And we're here to, to be the family of God with one another and with our Lord. So let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and let's uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord. Praise you, I 
will praise you with all of my strength. With all of my strength, I will seek you. I will seek you all of my days. All of my days, and I will follow. I will follow all of your ways. All of your ways, I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my strength. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will bow down. I will bow down. Hail you as King. Hail you as King. I will serve you. Give you everything. Give you everything. I will lift up. I will lift up my eyes to your throne. My eyes to your throne. I will trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you alone. I will trust you alone. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful today, Lord, that we can be here and worship you. We praise you. Lord, we ask that you bless this service, that you open our hearts and our minds to hear your word. All things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You be seated. feature Mr. Brad Fleming on this song. Away, 
shining as the sun we know less days to sing your praise than when we first begun Grace like rain falls down on me. Hallelujah, all my stains are washed away. They're washed away. Hallelujah, grace like rain falls down on me. Hallelujah, all my stains. Oh, washed away, the washed away. For the children to come down. everybody today good well I got some things here today does everybody know what this is backpack it goes everywhere I go it doesn't it, it, it's full of my stuff we all got stuff don't we what is this suitcase well this is the suitcase that I used to use years and years ago when I would go to my grandmother's house and it's changed. I don't carry a suitcase anymore with my stuff in it. I carry a backpack. Let's see what I got in the suitcase here. Ooh. So there's a change that I had there in my life when I went from a backpack to a suitcase. Oh my goodness. This, what is this? What is this? This phone was so important to me in 1977. It was my lifeline to the world, and I still have it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't depart with this phone for nothing. It don't work anymore, and it's, it's definitely going in the next rummy sale. It's, I bet it's a collector's item somewhere. But I mean, I talked on this phone no telling how many hours. But guess what is now my newest friend? What's this? iPhone. So we've changed, haven't we? Things have come a long way from me liking this phone to liking this phone. Okay. I can't let iPhone get too far away from me. What is this? It's a cassette tape. And guess what it's a cassette tape of? Dolly Parton. <laughs> and guess what this is? a CD. So we've changed from Dolly putting her records and stuff out on cassette to this newest release that's just available this week from the Cracker Barrel stores uh, to CDs. Okay, So there's lots of changes that we have had in our life, but one thing that um, does not change is God's love for us. You know, it's pretty remarkable that next week we'll be celebrating Palm Sunday. And Jesus was in a parade, and then a week later, he had a big change in his life, and he was crucified. But that love that he showed us when he died for us is never changing. Okay? You know, we always want to make sure whenever we make changes in our lives that we have a pure heart and that we include God with those changes. And I'll tell you about one change that, that I'm working on in my heart, and that is asking or meditation, taking a few minutes of just total silence. That means turning off my computer, which that can be hard sometimes. Turning off the music. If I'm always playing XM radio or something around me or I got a book or something in my face, but just setting a few minutes in total silence. Have you ever done that? You ever played the game Quiet as a Mouse? You play it? Okay. And I just sit there 
okay, and, and, and total quietness. So that's one change that I'm trying to implement in my life with God's help. Let's see if we can practice playing quiet as a mouse for about 15 seconds. Amen. Does that feel good? Don't forget that God's love for us never changes. You can go back to your seats. Thank you. Our scripture reading for today comes from Psalm 51, the first 12 verses. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God.
Will you join me in our responsive reading? Eternal God, the light that does not fail, we worship you. We seek you not because of our seeking, we remind you, but because long since you have sought us. We do not seek the sun, but open ourselves to its light and warmth when it arises. We do not seek the fresh air of heaven, but open our windows and lo, it blows through. So may our hearts be responsive to your coming and receptive to your presence. Amen. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to you again uh, with grateful hearts this morning for all the many, many blessings you've given us. And as we know your presence is with us, the joy of your presence, we must show the willing spirit as a result to do your work, to share with others. We have some very sick people. We have people who have uh, lost their homes due to fire, so many things that as willing spirits, we shall help. And one of the ways is to give through our offerings and our tithes that in hopes that we can do for not only our people here, but for the community and outside of that too. We ask these things in Christ's name, amen.
Suppose it is 5.17 in the afternoon, you're driving home alone after an unusually hard day at work. Not only was the workload extraordinarily heavy, but you also had a disagreement with your boss. And no matter how hard you tried, he just would not see your side of the situation. You're really upset, and the more you think about it, the more uptight you become. And then all of a sudden, you start experiencing severe pain in your chest, and it starts to radiate down into your arm and up into your jaw. You're only a few miles from the nearest hospital, but unfortunately, you don't know if you'll be able to make it that far. What can you do? Thus begins an article which appeared a while back in the newsletter of the Rochester General Hospital. <clears throat> and the article gives you a course of action that you can take should you find yourself in a situation like this when you think you're having a heart attack and you're all alone. And since many of us are vulnerable to such an attack, I thought I'd, it might be helpful to share this advice with you. So here it goes. I quote from the article. Without help, the person whose heart stops, stops beating properly, and who begins to feel faint has only about 10 seconds left before losing consciousness. However, these victims can help themselves by coughing repeatedly and vigorously. A deep breath should be taken before each cough, and the cough must be a deep and prolonged cough. A breath and a cough must be repeated about every two seconds without let up until help arrives or until the heart is felt to be beating normally again. Deep breaths get oxygen into the lungs and coughing squeezes the heart which keeps the blood circulating. And the squeezing pressure on the heart also helps it to regain its normal rhythm. So in this way, a heart attack victim can get to a phone and in between breaths can call for help. So, if you're having a heart attack, start coughing for all you're worth. You know, we all want to take care of our hearts, don't we? And our heart is truly an amazing organ. It only weighs about 12 ounces. But if the heart beats at 72 beats per minute, which is about average, it pumps about 45 pounds of blood through itself every minute, 2,700 pounds of blood every hour, 32.4 tons of blood every day. About every 30 seconds or so, all the blood in the body passes through the heart it has a grip that is much stronger than that of one's fist. And the two ventricles of the heart hold an average of about 10 ounces of blood, which is pumped out at every beat. The heart does about one-fifth of the mechanical work of the entire body and exerts enough energy every hour to lift its own weight 13,000 feet up into the air. So you see, the heart is truly an amazing organ, but it can have problems sometimes, can't it? As a matter of fact, my dad was in the hospital most of this past week because his heart was not functioning properly. And indeed, the American Heart Association reports that more than 58 million Americans suffer from some form of heart disease. Coronary heart disease is the single leading cause of death in the United States, and every 29 seconds, someone in this country will suffer from a heart-related incident. Every minute, someone will die from heart disease. And our emotions, as well as, as our lifestyle, can have an effect on our hearts, can't they? I mean, how else, how else do you explain the fact that... Uh, 20% more people have fatal heart attacks on Monday morning than at any other time of the, of the year or any other time of the week. 
So when you say that my job is killing me, you may be telling the truth. Our emotions can affect our well-being, including the state of our heart. And that brings us to our scripture passage for today, which says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What a beautiful passage of scripture that is. The psalmist is not praying that God will give him a heart transplant, at least not literally. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it's usually not referring to that organ within us that pumps blood throughout our bodies. Rather, it is usually speaking about the place in our bodies and in our brains where our emotions reside. Because you see, those emotions can be very powerful. And in some respects, our emotions can be even more powerful than our physical bodies and much, much more powerful than our logical minds. Father Anthony DeMello once said that people mistakenly assume that their thinking is done by their brains, by their head. But it is actually done by their hearts, he says. For the most part, the heart first dictates the conclusion and then commands the head to provide the reasoning that will defend it. And how often is that true? Very often. We think that we are reasonable people. We think that we weigh the pros and cons about certain issues and we think that we make rational decisions about things. But you know what? If that were really true, then none of us would ever snap at one another, would we? None of us would ever demean one another or sabotage important relationships or do things that we know are self-destructive. But here's the truth. Our emotions are very powerful things. And that's why we so often do illogical things. Thomas Beecher had a clock on the wall of his church that consistently ran slow. And he didn't have a clock expert like Doris to help fix the clock. So those chronographical disorders just hung there with him. So instead of trying to do anything about it, Pastor Beecher hung a sign above the clock that said, don't blame my hands, the problem lies deeper. Well, you know, that is truly profound, isn't it? The problem is rarely with our hands or our feet or even with our tongues, the trouble lies deeper within us. For you see, the problem is often a problem with our heart. King David did a very stupid thing. In fact, he did a series of stupid things. First of all, he got involved with a woman who was married to another man. You ever heard of anybody doing something stupid like that? I mean, think about it. This was David, King David. David could, could marry as many women as he wanted to. Polygamy was a standard fare in those days. and In fact, he did marry quite a few of them. He had concubines. He was the king, for goodness sake, and it was expected of him. And there were, there were many beautiful women throughout his kingdom so couldn't he see the difficulty he was bringing upon himself by going after somebody else's wife? Especially the wife of one of his most loyal so, uh, soldiers? But he did. And the result was that Bathsheba became pregnant. And so the cover-up began. First of all, he lied about it. I did not have, well, you get the picture. <laughs> but then he did something worse. He had the woman's husband killed in battle. 
he sent instructions to the general for them to charge forward and put her husband at the front of the line and then draw back and leave him out there to be killed by the enemy. You know, there is one, if there is one thing that we can learn from the sad example of some of our politicians, it is that the consequences of a cover-up are usually worse than the consequences of the deed itself. But you know something? Our emotions are such powerful things. And sometimes our emotions can be downright overwhelming. That certainly proved to be the case with King David. Now, would it surprise you that King David, it was King David who wrote this beautiful psalm that we've been talking about today. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. And then just a few verses further, we read this sincere plea by King David. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Wow. How powerful that is. David knew that what he had done was wrong. He had let his heart overrule his brain and his values. He had let his, his, uh, his emotions damage his relationship with those around him. And even more importantly, he had allowed his emotions to damage his relationship with God. And so now he prays for a new heart. And folks, I, I wonder if, if that is what some of us need to do today. Maybe we need a new heart. Maybe we have hearts that are, that are filled with anger and jealousy or resentment or guilt or, or a host of other negative emotions. And, 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 and they've taken their toll on us. We no longer feel the, the joy of our salvation. And, and all we feel instead is this deep emptiness inside us. And, and we know that we need to be forgiven. And we know that we need to forgive. And we need to let that, that hurt that we have inside of us go. We need to let that sin go or that pride or, or that resentment or whatever else it is that, that's holding us back. But our hearts, our emotions will not let us do it. And so we pray along with King David, oh Lord, give me a new heart. I bet there is somebody in this congregation today who is praying that prayer right now. And some of us may be wondering, is it even possible to get a new heart? Is it really possible to, to reprogram our emotions and, and, and to get rid of all of those negative, hurtful feelings that sometimes well up within us? Is it possible to get rid of the guilt and the greed and the lust and the, the loathing and the fear that hinders us at every turn? Well, it's not easy to change our hearts. And I think we need to confess that right now. It's not easy to change our hearts. Some people would even say it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible, but I will say that it's really, really hard. Have you ever tried to do something, well, they tell me it's relatively simple, like losing weight? <laughs> you know, for some of us, that's a, that's a major big deal. And some of us try and try and try, but, but nothing seems to work. But let's go 
Let's go even deeper down than that, deep within our souls and, and try to extract the emotions that have been building up in us since the day we were born. Even the best psychiatrists and psychologists have difficulty doing that. And there are prescriptions that can help us with some of our problems, but they generally only get to the symptom and, and not the deep conflict that's going on within us. Folks, we need to understand that our emotions do not develop overnight. And they usually do not change overnight. They are a product of years of conditioning and they will not dissipate in a flash. And so whatever drove David to do what he did and to go after another man's wife, that was not something that suddenly sprang forth on the day that he saw her bathing on that rooftop. No. It was something that had been there perhaps since he was a child. As a matter of fact, in verse 5, he tells us, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And that's true. Our emotions, our, whether they're positive or negative emotions, our emotions are deeply rooted within us and they will not surrender willingly. My friends, each of us developed needs when we were infants, only infants or, or small children. And, and they're still speaking to us even today from deep within our subconscious. And sometimes those needs are playing havoc with us. Even the, that greatest of saints, the Apostle Paul, wrote in, in Romans 7. He said this, So I, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with, within me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of sin. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Paul is speaking about this very thing that I'm talking about today. He is saying that he cannot control his heart. He cannot control his emotions. He cannot control his sinful nature. And folks, if that was true of the Apostle Paul, then how much more true could that be said of you and me today? What's our hope? Is there any hope for us to truly change our hearts. Well, I have to say to you today that I know of no way that authentic change can take place in a, per in a person's heart but by the power and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Medicine can sometimes help. And having someone to help you talk through your problems can sometimes help. And I encourage you that if you're struggling with some aspect of your life that is dragging you down, please talk to your doctor about it. Find a counselor that can help you. But also realize that there are some problems that simply do not respond to either drugs or psychological counseling. And I think that's why groups that are so successful in helping people change, groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, they begin by acknowledging that they can't do it on their own, but must depend upon a higher power. And personally, I know of no other way to truly gain a new heart than by the intervention of that higher power. God can help you have a new heart. Because it is by the power of God that we can change. Biblical scholar William Barclay tells a story about a man who was given a new, new heart. His name was Tokichi Ishii. He was a Japanese criminal with unparalleled 
an unparalleled record of brutal, brutal criminality. He had murdered men and women, even children. He was finally caught, and while he was in prison, he was like a caged tiger. He was once visited by two Canadian women who tried to speak to him through the bars, but he simply glared at them like a wild beast. They left him a Bible, and wonder of wonders, he began to read it. As he got into it, he couldn't stop. He couldn't put it down, and he read on and on and on, eventually coming to the story of Jesus' crucifixion. And it was, it was the words of Jesus while he was on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those words broke him. I stopped, he said. I was stabbed to the heart as if pierced by a five-inch nail. Shall I call it the love of Christ? Shall I call it his compassion? I do not know what to call it. I only know that I believed and my hardness of heart changed. Later, when the jailer came to lead him to the scaffold where he was to be executed, he found not the surly brute that he expected to find, but instead he found a radiant man. For you see, Tokichi Ishii, the murderer, had been born again. His heart had been changed, and God had given him a new heart, a pure heart. Now, you nor I have ever committed murder, at least to my knowledge. But that does not mean that we do not need to cry out for a new heart. Because, you see, we all have our sins. We all have our hurts and our fears. And we all have our regrets. And we know, that, we know what Paul meant when he spoke those words what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? In other words, who will give me a new heart? And then the Apostle Paul answered his own question when he said, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you come to this place today seeking a new heart? Or like David You've come to the right place. And so perhaps it will help if you will pray along with me. Create in me a new heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 307, Just As I Am. We have already indicated Paul's struggle with his own emotions, his struggle with his heart, his sinful nature. And you know what? We all have it, don't we? We all have the capacity within us to do the type of thing that David did, or even worse, because we are sinful people. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God accepts us just as we are. <clears throat> just as we are. Along with that sinful nature in all, God accepts us because that's what the love of God is all about. And that's what God's grace and mercy are, are all about. And it is through that grace and through that mercy and through that love that we are able to get new hearts, pure hearts. We'll never be perfect, but God is working in our hearts to purify our, our lives each day. Maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, and today's the day for you to do that. I hope you won't leave here without making that commitment, without asking God, 
create within me a pure heart. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church here today. Or maybe you just need to come and, and have a word of prayer. We invite you to come as we sing together, just as I am. Would you come?